listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 We've got a Steelers team that has a real chance to win the Super Bowl. And I think this, in fact, I know this move by Big Ben helps those chances greatly. That is the Vegas late. Yeah, and as expected, the Steelers and quarterback Ben Roethlisberger came to terms on a new restructured contract. It's going to free up space for the Steelers this upcoming season. Ben Roethlisberger taking less cash, but he will be behind center next season for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, so some people say, and I think it's wrong, but some people say, RJ, you are tough on the players. And I think about it and I say, I don't see that. I know that I've got my way of thinking, and my way of thinking is, you know, pretty basic. A deal's a deal, and everyone should be fair to each other, but there's rules, and, you know, we can sit and I can try to characterize it all, or I could say, let's look at this example. Big Ben was playing for $19 million. That was what the contract said. All the talk about $41 million, that was Pittsburgh year after year in years past, saying, kick the can down the road. The salary cap does matter in the NFL, but just like in real life, if you got a payment due, you can either pay it or you can put it on a credit card. And you know what? In theory, you're going to pay that credit card off in the future if you don't go bankrupt, and you're going to pay more. There's an expense to delay the pain. Pittsburgh, and I think it's been smart, has delayed that pain because they figured, look, we've got a Hall of Fame quarterback. We've got a good defense. Why have a a year in cap hell now? Let's have it down the road when it doesn't mean as much. New Orleans is a good example of that. In theory, this is going to be a difficult year for the Saints because with the end of Breeze, they've kicked the can down the road, trying to give Breeze and the team every chance to win another title. It hasn't worked. And now here comes the pain, as Mr. T would say. Steelers have kicked the can down the road. Now, they've decided to kick the can again. And this $15 million of savings this year comes at a cost down the road. The question is, was now the time to take the pain? Because chances are they lose multiple free agents. Juju Smith-Schuster, likely gone. Their left tackle, likely gone. Another lineman, likely gone. Um, Bud Dupree, likely gone. Now, again, this could all be... Uh, maybe we're wrong about that. Maybe they sign a few of these guys. I don't think they really have much ability to do that with the cap. But otherwise, the team should be able to stay intact with Big Ben coming back, effectively playing for $14 million. Now, Marcus Mariota had a ten, or has a $10 million contract with a bunch of incentives that even if he started every game would probably bring him to 20 Now, who's the better quarterback? I know we can look at Big Ben's bad games and say that's the truth. Or we could look at the fact that he was potentially, well, he was certainly in the MVP conversation. I don't think it was smart to have him in it, but he was when they were 11-0. And he did throw in his last game for 500 yards. It wasn't efficient. But how many guys walking the earth can throw for 500 yards in an NFL playoff game, no matter what? Not 32. There's not 32 of them. So, Pittsburgh, in my opinion, has done the right thing here as a Steelers fan, as an analyst of the NFL. Both separately, I'll say I like it. I am very much impressed by Big Ben. 
Now, you could say, well, what's his choice? If he gets cut, yeah, Pittsburgh doesn't get to kick that can down the road. They still got the $21 million or so of cap hit this year, and they don't have Big Ben, but they're not paying a dead quarterback, you might say, or a dead-arm quarterback. Yeah, I get that both sides benefited, but Big Ben could have went somewhere else and made 14 or more. I'm pretty sure of that, even if it's just a team looking to get someone to draw fans in. The fact that he said, I will meet you in the middle, to me, is admirable. And it's something you don't see a lot of NFL players do. And as a Steelers fan, it makes me happy in addition to the practical realities. Pittsburgh benefits from this, and I think Big Ben's legacy benefits from this. Jonas, what's your thoughts? Yeah, no, I like it. And I look at last year, and I don't think the problem was Ben Roethlisberger on offense. The problem was they couldn't run the ball. They couldn't run the ball. They were the worst rushing offense in the NFL. And I I know we can look at just the ending of the season, and we can just focus on how they finished up and the bad loss to the Cleveland Browns. But at one point in a pandemic, this team was 11-0. And they were 11-0 with no bye week, really, because of what happened against the Tennessee Titans and the shortened week. And then they finally out midweek it was their bye week and I just looked at it and said okay if you could fix the running game and if you could fix the offensive line and those are big ifs where they're at cap wise and, and what's going on there can you win games with Ben Roethlisberger well, you want 11 without a running game and without you know a, a, the offensive line they were used to. So I, I didn't think he was the problem. And the fact that he's willing to take less money to come back after having that type of season off a really major surgery in which they had to do something that, had never, that a quarterback had never come back from, I don't know. I, I was pretty impressed with his year. So, and it's a small thing, but I think they won 12, right? Because they had the 11 straight, then they beat Tennessee to yeah, kind right. of lock Correct. things up. Yeah. And then in theory, they don't play the, you know, they won 12 of 15 because the last game they didn't play their starters yeah. and they almost won that. But if we're going to give Kansas City a break, and even after Pittsburgh hit the downers, whatever you want to call it, they did beat a Tennessee team that was fighting yeah. for their playoff lives and they went into Buffalo and played about as good a first half against the Bills, defensively especially, as anyone has against the Bills. Now, second half, they got tired, and we can debate that. I think Jonas brings up a great point, which is Pittsburgh had a bum deal. And Listen, it's a pandemic year. Whatever happens, whatever they got to do, they did, you know, the league. And I applaud them for it, net-net, getting through the Super Bowl. But Pittsburgh got a bum end of the deal with the lack of bye week. So, to me... I think Pittsburgh's going to be worse. I think last year's team, in a perfect storm, could have. They certainly could have made the Super Bowl. They, you know, they could have won it, but they were not supposed to win it. This next year, I don't think we should lose sight of. They're better off, I think, because of this deal. But they're still significantly less of a team. And that O line. Now, this is the paradox. On one hand, we could say, "Oh, lost two of the five on the O line. That's a problem." On the other hand, we can say, hmm, that O-line wasn't all that good anyway. Maybe some fresh blood in there is going to be a good thing. I kind of tend towards the first. I think it's hard to just say you're going to take a left tackle that's going to go out on the market and make some real money and think you're going to improve upon that, picking in the 20s. Maybe, but it's going to be a long shot. But it brings up one last point. I'm R.J. Bell straight out of Vegas. I am about as dollars and cents as anyone this side of Fezzik. Now, he's more so, but yeah, almost as much as anyone. I still think, you know, right here in FSR, Colin was talking about uh, the Rooney's 
made a mistake, and uh, and again, this was a day or two ago, and it was like um, they gave in to nostalgia. And I see that. I see that 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 generally at some point you turn the page. But I also think the following: What are we gaining as fans? This is not. This is an economic endeavor for the teams. It's not for me. I'm not making any money from the Steelers. I mean, I might make money if I bet against them or bet on them, but they're not helping me do that. It's it's to me, it's the joy of watching the games, and it's the joy of rooting for your team, especially if it connects you with your childhood and all of that. And you know what? Seeing a team die slowly, it's, it's, it's ability to win over year after year, I get why you wouldn't want that. Maybe Larry Bird and Parrish and Mikhail, that was what we saw with the Celtics, if you're a little older. But to give a guy a dignified last year when you probably aren't going to do any better anyway, meaning who's this quarterback that's better than Big Ben? Right? Is it really going to be, uh, I mean, Fitzpatrick? Maybe, but boy, it's borderline. Is it going to be Jimmy G? Yeah, maybe, but you're not getting Jimmy G for free, and Jimmy right. G's costing you 25 or whatever, right? So, to me, and Jonas, let me just pose this to you. Forget the nostalgia, which I think matters a little bit. What could be the reasonable, better solution for Pittsburgh? If, if they are ruthless and say, Big Ben, you're gone, who is a viable candidate right now? I, I don't know that there is one. And and just at where they're at, you know, Dwayne Haskins is there. I mean, come on. That's a that's reclamation project. Uh, you know, Mason Rudolph, who the hell knows what, what uh, you've got in Mason Rudolph. Well, I think I, we know we don't got much. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. You've got a couple of choices. You can either be really good or you can at least be entertaining. And I'm going to be entertained to see Ben Roethlisberger go out at his age and know that guy is going to going to do what so few quarterbacks including Tom Brady have been able to do and that's play their entire career with one team and finish up with that one team. Well said. The Pittsburgh Steelers greatest quarterback of all time is Big Ben. Straight out of Vegas. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. I think we're starting to see now, all of us, or many of us, that there's a flaw in the system. That if a team or a player is, and let's say a quarterback, and let's say Dak in particular, and the thing about Dak that was a little different, and I'm not sure if this makes it better or worse for this, so I'm going to think it through as we're talking. Dak was not a first-round pick. The thing you've got to realize is first-round picks have four years under contract and a fifth-year option, team option, that has to happen before year four. So last year when Trubisky, the Bears did not pick up his option, and thus now this is his fourth and final year under contract. Right. So there's that, that kind of thing where 
if you do pick up the option, then that fifth year is locked in at like twenty. It was like recently, it's been like twenty three or twenty four million for quarterbacks. Yeah. And then, but the thing that makes it, and this is what Baker Mayfield and the Browns are going to be facing. Do they sign him to a long-term deal, or do they just execute the option and go from there and, uh, and then sign the deal later? What happened with Goff, what happened with Wentz, was they, did, they skipped the option and just signed the extension right after year three. right? But with a non-first-round pick, that year four, is the, there is no fifth-year option. So... It was that fourth year that Dak had one year of real pain, that he was going to be an elite quarterback, but only make about $2 million. Now, again, we can say only, uh but again, at that level, it's not a lot of money, right? Yeah. So, Dak toughed it out. Now, how did he tough it out? Well, he made a lot of money from endorsements, but we also don't know, and I think we're going to find out, that he could have uh, got insurance on getting hurt and then got a loan off the insurance. So imagine that. You take the money from your endorsements. You get insurance on getting hurt in year four. Now, let's say you got a $70 million policy. Now you take a loan off the policy and you live okay. You know, you live like you made $10 million. But then after that, he was home free because there's no 50-year option. So last year, the worst thing that was going to happen, the worst thing... Was he would get 31, 32 million. This year, the worst thing is he makes 38. Oh, that's horrible. And then, most likely, he's free. And as we said, he will be the most powerful player in the history of the NFL for one decision where it's an elite top 10 quarterback that is truly free. Not at the end of his career like Peyton Manning with a neck question. Not Kirk Cousins, who wasn't elite in any in people's mind. He might have become that or not. We can debate it, but he wasn't. Dak is the best quarterback in his prime to be totally free in this modern era. Do you agree with that, Jonas? Yeah, because the only other comp would be the Kirk Cousins comp, as we've talked about. And Kirk Cousins is not the quarterback Dak Prescott was at that stage of their career. The, the, the Washington didn't want him. He was yeah. so not that, yeah. right? Yeah. So to me, it's one of those things in which where was the pain? Why wouldn't people do this? And what I speculated on players, you know, like at that, what I speculated on it was the combination of not having that 50 year option. And the agent coming in and saying, hey, and we talked about this at length earlier in the week, this is an agent that's known for aggressiveness. And he also started an agency, Jonas, you can uh, fill in the blanks here, in which it was kind of a player empowerment type player first situation. Yeah, and he was with uh, CAA, which is you know very powerful agency, yes. uh, Todd France, and then left there. And they're you know, part of the group that under the umbrella, you've got Aaron Rodgers and you've got Deshaun Watson and you've got all these other... Now, they're not represented exclusively by Todd France, but it's under that same umbrella. And you start to look at some of the players there, like a Jalen Ramsey, and you go, okay, some of these feel like the same similar type of really hard negotiations to get their player exactly what they want out of the next contract they come up on. And the idea of doing something bigger than yourself. And I think what we're going to find out is, and again, this is speculation, is that there was a sense to, hey, Dak, you do this, you're going to blaze a trail for those behind you. Because I do find it interesting, as I've dug into this even more, is the idea that last year, as the season started, they thought they had a handshake deal. 
And it was when Dak got hot and started, you know, and this is something that was on FS1 also, where on Undisputed, um, Skip was talking about this, where they thought there was a deal in place, and then Dak had a couple good games, and he's backed away. My question is, maybe there was never a deal that Dak was going to sign. He just wanted to look like he was negotiating in good faith with an eye towards freedom, and now he's $138 million year away from total freedom because they can't franchise him next year. It's financially impossible. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. RJ, the last games before the All-Star break in the NBA are later on tonight before the All-Star teams match up this weekend in Atlanta. Boy, Embiid and the Sixers, baby. Embiid with a monster. And let's be clear about this. I felt like, and we had the under in that game for Embiid. He blew past it. I felt like that Utah would be a tough matchup for the Sixers. In fact, I thought Embiid was maybe trying to avoid it the last time he sat out recently against the Jazz. What a monster game, and it obviously made a statement. Right now, LeBron is tied with Embiid for the MVP, and they're the two clear favorites, and the Joker's way back at third. So were you impressed by Embiid? I've been impressed all season by him. Uh, it feels like they've gotten to the point to where him and Ben Simmons either came to some sort of a an agreement that, look, there's been reports that those two guys didn't get along all the time, that they didn't play well together. And the one thing Doc Rivers has been able to do, at least up until last year with the Clippers, is coach big-time egos, big-time superstar players. He's always been able to do that. He did it in Boston, did it for a while with the Clippers, did it with Tracy McGrady in Orlando. It seems like he's been able to find some sort of a, a, a chemistry between these two, and Embiid is one of the MVP favorites, one of the MVP candidates that people look at and go, that's the guy who might take it home at the end of the year. Yeah, and again, Embiid's gotten a lot of heat. And for you know being out of shape or different things, and I think it's important to give credit where credit's due. He's playing a hell of a game, and that net Sixers, oh, I'd be a battle. It'd oh, be yeah. a battle. And I think Jonas, you make a great point. The talent it takes, like with the Brad Stevens as a coach, to coach normal players, good players, and get the most out of them, is different than navigating superstars or one superstar is tough, but multiple potential superstars in a team, and they're young, especially young, it's tough. And uh, let's give credit where credit's due. Uh, it seems like Doc is uh, well-suited for that. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 